The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. I want to talk about SUVs, sports utility vehicles, in climate terms, highly damaging, apparently, and banning them would be one of a number of small steps that can help reduce greenhouse emissions. So says Michael Taft, the researcher at SIP2. Michael, you're very welcome to the show. Why should we ban SUVs? Well, SUVs, uh, according to the International uh, Energy Agency, SUVs over the last decade have been the second biggest contributor to global carbon emissions. That's after power generation. So the second biggest contributor to global emissions, and they also found that the transition to electric vehicles have actually been cancelled out due to the rise in SUV sales globally. And in Ireland, we are seeing a a significant increase in SUV purchases. This year alone, over half of the new cars registered in Ireland are SUVs. That's four times the proportion we saw in 2012. So with such a uh, large contributor to global carbon, to carbon emissions, uh, you know, it's about time we take a look at not just SUVs, but all energy, ca- carbon intensive vehicles to see what we can do to remove them from the road or limit their access to the road, or in some cases, ban them. Brian Cook is with me as well. He's Director General at SIMI, the Society of the Irish Motor Industry. Brian, is it a good idea? No, well, obviously, I don't think it's a good idea. I think if you if you look at uh, one of the reasons why there's been such a big increase in emissions from SUVs is is that they were less than 10% of the market uh, 15 years ago. And and today, uh, uh, as Michael said, they account for, for, for about ha- half the market. I think S- SUVs, uh, most people think of them as these vehicles that can be driven off-road, but the vast majority of them, and I'm talking 85% of them, are co- what are crossover vehicles. They've pr- replaced the tr- traditional saloon car. And I think for many families, when people are choosing the car they're going to buy, affordability and suitability are two of the big issues. And climate change clearly is, has become another issue in recent years. But we're talking, if you look at a new SUV, a new SUV today um, is, is about 50% uh, less, less emissions than, than a vehicle from 2008. So that's the vehicle that it's ultimately going to replace on the road. So, so, so I actually think banning them, it obviously it reduces consumer choice, not just in terms of the car they buy, but it actually reduces their choice, their opportunity to reduce their emissions. Because invariably, if you're buying a new car, you're, you're, you're trading in maybe a six or a seven year old car, which is a higher emitting car. Um, and, and in addition, you know, we've seen the supply issues. It would actually reduce the supply of vehicles to Ireland when we actually need to increase the supply of vehicles. I think electric vehicles clearly are hugely important over the next decade. But I think the more l- newer cars that we can, other newer cars that are lower emitting cars that we can get in to the car fleet to, re- to get rid of the oldest, smokiest cars, the, be- the better position we will be in by 2030. Uh, Michael, what do you think of that argument that these new SUVs in the road, they're replacing dirty or older cars? They're a good thing. Well, I mean, uh, but the, the problem is that the SUVs that are being used to replace these older cars are still much more carbon intense. Many of the models, not all the models, but are much more carbon intense than, say, the next, the next car down, which would not would be a non-SUV. So basically, you're talking about 20 to 30% more 
emissions on average for SUVs than non-SUVs. And that's why the International Energy Agency, while finding that SUVs were such a, a, a huge contributor to global emissions, found that all other cars together uh, actually fell in their, in their emissions. So uh, it's not a choice between buying an SUV and keeping a six- or seven-year-old dirty car. You can actually buy another type of car uh, to replace your dirty car, you you would still have uh, choice in that respect because there's still you know hundreds of different models out there, uh, but you would be making a contribution okay. Brian, uh, to global. Let, let me put that to Brian. Brian, you don't have to replace your Nissan Almera with a Nissan Qashqai. You can replace it with a Nissan Leaf. Well, or or, or, or even mm-hmm. a, a a smaller car than a, a, a than, than an SUV. Yeah, well, I, I think the SUV category actually also uh, uh, captures some smaller Nissans than you know than, than the Nissan Qashqai. So as I say, I say it is quite quite ranging. I mean, these are cars like as I said earlier on, people suitability is an important issue when people are buying a car. So people with large families, you know, even five or six uh, people in a family is a is a relatively large family nowadays. Businesses. Uh, farmers and all they like the, the SUVs because you know they, they fit in with their lifestyle like if you have to put all the sports you know sports equipment in the car your fishing tackle or whatever uh, th- 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 that's, makes, that's what has made the SUV very popular and it's consumers that have effectively they've, they've decided with their feet that these are the cars they want and the newer ones as I say they're they, the, the, the average CO2 from a new SUV registered in Ireland this year is about 6% higher than the average overall but interesting, the average price of an SUV in Ireland, just to show the affordability issue, is is it's about the same as the average price of the overall new car in Ireland. So, so these are not, generally speaking, big cars. Uh, they are family cars. Uh, can I ask you, Michael, about the suitability argument? Because, you know, when I was a kid, we were all piled into the back of a saloon car and people would slide around, were, 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 you know, kind of... Corresponding to the turns of the road uh, today, children are in car seats or booster seats up until they're about nine, ten, eleven, twelve. I'm not sure what age you finally get out of it, but I know for a lot of my peers, that's why they have moved from a, a saloon to an SUV. Is because child safety regulations demand that they've got three car seats in the back, and you can't fit it in a saloon. That the, you know there are there are the suitability uh, uh, issues and of course the safety issues, but that's why uh, we can we can begin the move incentivize the move away from fossil fuel uh, based uh, cars, petrol, diesel, uh, SUV, cars generally SUVs or not towards towards electric uh, uh, vehicles and electric uh, uh, SUVs uh, have increased their sales. I mean the issue here is not the size. And it's not how many you can fit in. The issue is the carbon intensity. And we cannot lose sight. Oh, no, I appreciate that's the issue. I appreciate that's the issue or that's the point you're making. But the issue for people at home, people listening to this, for some of them, is the size. And it is how many that's, kids that's they right. can that's fit why in the back seat. It's not, it's the issue. Is, well, okay, the, what I'm saying is that in terms of our emission, uh, reducing our emissions, uh, you know, we're not talking about that you ban large cars. Or we're not talking about uh, that you ban cars with a particular type of chassis or whatever. We're looking at carbon intensity, of which SUV, petrol, diesel, uh, using SUVs, uh, uh, are, you know, a environmentally damaging. Uh, 
So, yes, let's have the large cars, which, you know, a lot of people want to avail of, uh, but let's incentivize away from fossil fuel because we know that at the end, uh, you know, that the number, the days of fossil fuel cars are numbered. We don't know how many days that will be, but they are numbered. We can begin to incentivize away, and we should start with those cars which are the most carbon-intensive. Brian? Well, that's what we already do. The VRT system is based on CO2. Uh, So if an SUV has got a high CO2, it it will pay higher VRT. But if an SUV has lower CO2 than another big car, it will actually pay less VRT. So the, the taxation system we have in place, while I would feel that the taxes are too high, they do incentivize people to buy lower emission vehicles. So, Michael, we're already doing mm-hmm. it. Well, uh, this is the difference between a tax incentive approach and a regulatory approach. With a tax incentive approach, you may actually be able to get you know, some people to move towards a more uh, carbon-friendly or at least a less intensive carbon car. But we don't know how many will do that in the eventuality that we increase taxes on, say, uh, 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 an SUV. Uh, Also, it's the case that where people have enough money, they could actually buy their way into poor consumption choices, which actually affect all of us. Uh, so therefore, a regulatory approach whereby you either ban the sale, the, the new sale of SUVs or you restrict them from urban uh, areas, uh, which are being done in a number of cities throughout uh, Europe, that is actually much more egalitarian. Nobody's discriminated against. Uh, uh, Everybody is treated the same. So the difference is whether you allow people to buy their way into personal consumption, poor personal consumption choices, or whether what you do is you say, listen, this is a crisis. It's a crisis here in Ireland. It's a crisis throughout the world. We have to take these steps. An egalitarian approach is one whereby everybody uh, is treated the same under the regulation. Michael Taft, researcher at SIP2, Brian Cook, Director General at SIMI, the Society of Irish Motor, of the Irish Motor Industry. Listen, thank you both very much uh, for joining me uh, here on the show. Plenty of room and people carriers, no need for SUVs, says Cathy. My company car is an SUV. I chose a Skoda, Skoda Octavia, uh, but I couldn't get one due to the war in Ukraine. The SUV appears to be all that's available. My uh, Octavia was way more practical. Somebody else says, Kieran, what is the point of little old Ireland going with these anti-SUV policies? While when I am in the USA, I can drive any gas guzzler I want there is more chance of the states giving up their guns than their big cars i.e. none and that's from Lar in Dublin Lar thank you for the text 53106 the number stay with us lots still to come uh, on the show speaking of transport we're going to be talking about school buses after the break don't go anywhere The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan weekdays from 4 on News Talk.